This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, hey, every Sunday, I'm, I am aware that in our audience, we have all kinds of different people. Some of you grew up in church, and you had a wonderful church experience, and you sort of have just always gone to church, and you have a vibrant personal walk with God, and you come to church because you don't ever want to lose that, and you recognize how valuable it is in your life. That is awesome. Some of us are finding our way back to church. Maybe we grew up in a church that was not short on guilt. You know what I mean? It was a huge helping of guilt every Sunday. And frankly, we were afraid not to go to church because of what might happen. But it didn't mean that anything good happened there for us. And so for many of us, we walked away and then somehow we're finding our way back. That's a good thing. That's actually a great thing. For some of us, we're skeptical. We've got this curiosity about us, and even though we're like, "Mm, I'm not sure, there's something in us that said, could this Jesus thing actually do anything for me? Is there something real in it? Or is it just really sort of religious, make-believe, sort of fake it till you make it kind of stuff, and if, if you say it to yourself long enough, you'll feel better? And you're here to investigate that. And some of you are here because you're supporting a wife or a husband or a parent or a child that wants to come here, but they won't come here unless you come with them or they prefer that you come with them. So you are doing the loving thing by putting up with me in order to bless them. (laughs) I get it. Here's the cool thing about God. He doesn't care why you came. He literally doesn't care why you came. He will never judge you for it. He will never look down on you, no matter what the reason is that you came. I won't tell you the whole story, but years ago, I used to look a lot like Garth Brooks. And there was a lady in our town who ended up in our church because she heard that the new pastor in town was a dead ringer for Garth Brooks. And she wanted to go live out her fantasy of Garth Brooks by looking at me. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. You know what? Five years later when she moved, she took me aside and she said, nothing has ever changed my life like this church. I came for Garth and I got Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So here's what I want to say to you. No matter why you're here, God will engage with you if you will choose to engage with him. So if you give God the next 30 minutes of engagement, his promise is he will meet you right here. He knows right where you are. He knows right what's going on in your life. And he promises to meet you right here. And you will feel it. You will sense it. And you'll know it. So now we're in this series called The Blessing. And it's a four-week series. This is week three. Three. There you go. 
This is, this is week three, so you've missed two, but here's the good news. You can go on our website, you can click watch, and you can pull up the video, and you can watch the last two, and you may want to do that after you listen to what I'm going to teach this morning. Uh, and if you say, well, I don't have time to do that, you can, actually, you can actually download the podcast and listen to the podcast while you jog or drive or whatever you do, so it's all out there for you. And so what we've covered in week one is what if there was something that we could receive that would change everything? And we couldn't help but notice that there are people in life who thrive. No matter what the circumstances, they could be doing great or, or the world could be collapsing around them, but somehow they thrive in the midst of that. And then there are other people that no matter what the circumstances are, they're always hustling and looking for approval. There's always a big question mark over their identity. Now, what if there was something that that first group received that enabled them to thrive that somehow this group missed out on? Wouldn't it be great if we could get whatever that is to this group. And that's the blessing. Week number two was this. What would it look like if we dealt in the currency of blessing? In other words, if you thought of your heart as a giant wallet, and if what you put in your heart, whatever you put, have you ever noticed you cannot take out of your wallet what you didn't put in there? Have you ever noticed that? And if you have a wife or kids or a husband, you may not even be able to take out what you put in there because they already took it out, right? Some of you noticed that, all right? But what if your heart was a giant wallet and what we did in our interchanges with each other, what if we were constantly stuffing blessing into each other's wallets? And that became the currency of our life and of our interaction. How different would the world be? And today, we're going to talk about how we can live the blessing so that we can give the blessing. How we can live in such a way that it enables the blessing to be something we can not only take in, but something that we give out. Now, all of this is based on an experience in Jesus' life. And what I love about this experience in Jesus' life, you can see God, the Father, God, Jesus' Father. You can see him setting Jesus up to thrive in life. He's setting him up so that no matter what comes his direction, Jesus has, as we learned last week in the three elements of the blessing, he has the identity he's supposed to have. He has the love he's supposed to have. And he has the approval that he's going to need. And if there's anyone who could have ever gotten along without it, I think it would be the Son of God, don't you think? And yet, God the Father knew he needed it. And so here's the experience in Jesus' life. I'll read it to you out of the book of Matthew. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God. 
I don't know if there was music in the background. Maybe the angels were singing the hallelujah chorus or something. I don't know. On TV, that's what would happen, right? Yeah. But he saw the Spirit of God. It goes on to say, descending like a dove and alighting on him. I don't know where. Shoulder, head. Land on my head, you have nothing to hang on to. Better, better, better hit the shoulder, right? Yes. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son. This is my son whom I love. And guess what? With him, I am well pleased. Today we're going to look at that in, in light of how we can live it so that we can give it. How did Jesus live this out? And we're going to take a look at what, what we call the three movements of the blessing. Last week we talked about the three elements, identity, love, and approval. This week we're going to talk about the three movements of the blessing. And though there are many applications of this, uh, for those of you who are parents and you have children at home, the, the elements of the blessing, you can and should be giving them to your children. For those of you who are married, the three elements of the blessing, you can and should be giving them to your spouse. For those of you who have kids that are grown and gone from your home, you should still be giving them the three elements of the blessing. For those of you who have friends, you should be giving the three elements of the blessing to your friends on a regular basis. If you have a job and you have co-workers, you have multiple opportunities to give the elements of the blessing to your co-workers. All that stuff, it's all good, and it's the stuff that eventually will change your life. But for the purposes of this morning, I, I, I sort of want to lop all of that off and let you think about that later. For the purposes of this morning, I want us to focus in on just your relationship and my relationship with God. Because that's where it actually has to begin. And when you get that right, it's amazing what can happen. So the three movements of the blessing that we just saw are this. The first one is, the Bible says, that heaven was opened and Jesus saw the Spirit of God descending on him. God pulled back the curtain of heaven. By the way, did he have to do that? No, he didn't have to. But you know, Jesus was 30 years old when, when this took place. And for the last 30 years, he had not actually been able to see his heavenly Father. I hope you've never had to go 30 years without seeing your dad. But if you have, you know what that feels like. Now picture with me, just for a moment, what it was like for God to pull back the curtain of heaven and for Jesus to look up and to see. You see, the first movement of blessing is personal presence. Yesterday I went to our oldest grandson's graduation, and there were a number of other students from our church who graduated yesterday, and it was fun to be in that setting. But you know what I noticed? 
Every single graduate. Every single one. So they're playing pomp and circumstance in the background, and, and they're all walking in. You know what every kid did? He found his parents and family up in the crowd. Every single one of them. Because in the melee of life, there's no one like there's nothing like seeing your dad or your mom. We all get that, right? We all understand that. Jesus needed that too. And by the way, your eternal father wants you to get a sense of his personal presence in your life. And I love what Heather shared with us this morning, how she took some time and just decided to let God pour his peace over her. And there he was. Right there. Yeah. The second movement of the blessing is personal touch. Can I make a personal confession? There are parts of this politically correct world that I do not like. And one of the things I do not like about it is it's not okay to ever touch anyone anytime. Because study after study after study has concluded that you and I do not thrive when we don't experience the personal touch, the tender touch, the affectionate touch of other human beings. Now, listen carefully. I did not say sexual touch. Got it? But affectionate touch. If you've been around the church for a while, you know that I like to hug people. You have probably figured that out. Okay? If you're not a hugging person and that offends you, just tell me, okay, and I'll do this, okay? I, I do know, I actually know how to do that, all right? But part of the reason I hug people is because I want to draw you into where my heart is. I want you to know that you matter to me. You're not just an acquaintance. I'm not just being polite. I'm not just being kind. I want you in my world. I want you to know that we are connected. Now listen, yesterday at graduation, I witnessed an absolute phenomenon. Are you ready for it? These are high school kids who are too cool for mom and dad to drop them off at school. Get to drop them off a half a block away so they can walk up and strut like they own the world, right? And these are high school kids who are way past hugging their siblings. But when that graduation ceremony ended, I watched family circle after family circle after family circle and no one in the family circle was shaking hands. What were they doing? Hugging. Yep. 
Because when life matters most, we want to be drawn in. We don't want to be kept out there. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have this sense of personal touch every day of the year? Jesus got it. The Spirit of God came, didn't just hover over him, didn't just tweet up here, it landed on him. A sense of his Father's touch. The third movement was this, personal words. God said, this is my son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. Can you think of better words to hear from your dad? It's all in there. Because the power of words to transform the people in our world is virtually limitless for good or for bad. Those are the three movements of the blessing that God passes on to us. A sense of personal presence, a personal touch, and personal words. So I want you to get out your imagination with me, and I want you to think that, that, and I want you just to imagine that you're in a park and you are a kid. Okay, I know for some of you that's a stretch, all right? But not too many of you are older than I am, so if I can do it, you can do it, all right? So here we go. Have you ever seen this thing? We've all seen that thing, right? It's a bucket. And the bucket flips like this, and it starts to fill up with water, and eventually at some point, it reaches the tipping point, and it dumps over, and it spills out on everybody that's underneath, and when the water's all gone out, it flips back up, and it fills up again. That is such a wonderful picture of how life is supposed to be. And that's what we're going to explore today, because there it is, the picture of a life that is living the blessing so it can give the blessing. It's receiving the blessing and filling up and filling up and filling up with blessing till it reaches a tipping point and then it flips and it just starts spreading blessing on everyone who's around and then it starts to fill up with blessing again and again and again and again and it flips over and it's just so wonderful. And that's how God wants us to live. Unfortunately, this might be how we live more often. There's no tipping here. There's only leaking, right? And, and, and you notice it's all by itself, and there's no source, and so it's having to refill itself, and it's trying to get full enough. It can somehow slop a little blessing over onto people, but actually more blessing is leaking out, and sometimes it's even worse than that. Sometimes, I sh- yeah, there you go. Sometimes it's like this. Would you want to drink that? No. So here's something you didn't know. This this teaching was actually prepared by Angela, our other teacher. And I got a phone call last night that said, hey, 
I am really sick with strep throat. I have no voice. Could you teach for me today? So the, reason I, the only reason I tell you that is because Angela put this illustration in her teaching, and it's so appropriate, I just want to pass it on to you. On her 35th birthday, she was given this thing that said, 35 reasons why we are so proud of you. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. And as she recalled that, she shared with me last night, She said, you know the amazing thing? I read that over and over and over again. But you know something? It just kept leaking out of my life. And somehow it just, it it, it seemed real in the moment, but two days later I would have to get it back out and read it again because somehow it didn't seem so real anymore. And she said, I realized that I had a stream of input into my life that was actually polluted. And no matter how much pure water was put into my life, it became polluted by the other source. And and she said, it was my actual self-talk. You know what self-talk is? It's that conversation you have with yourself that you rarely answer, but it's always going, right? And, and studies have shown that you and I tend to have self-talk at a rate of about 300 words a minute. That's a lot of self-talk. That's a lot of self-talk. And it just keeps going. And it keeps going. And the problem is, if that self-talk is hooked up to the wrong source, if that hose is hooked up to the wrong spigot, then no matter how much God speaks into your life, it's your self-talk that will determine the culture of your life. Does that make sense to everybody? Yeah. So what we're actually talking about today is how you and I can get our self-talk hooked up to what our heavenly father says about us, not what our earthly father or earthly mother or the bullies at school or our boss at work or the person we're married to or our junior high and senior high kids, if somehow we could get the source of our self-talk hooked up to what God says how that would change us and how that would make our life filled to overflowing with blessing that could then splash out on everybody else. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to put a chart up here and we're going to walk through three steps. And, and, and again, I want to refer back to what Heather said. She said, I tried something new. I want to challenge you Try something new. Try it this week. Give God a chance to to speak his approval over your life in such a way that your self-talk actually gets hooked up to him and not everything else. Here we go. Here's, Here's, I apologize for the smallness of the type 
If you have to get out binoculars, it's okay, all right? Here we go. The very first thing that you and I have to do is we have to actually hear God's blessing over us. In the same way that God said, this is the son whom I love. Do you realize that you and I were created to be God's children? And that if you could hear God describing you right now, he would say, you are the son I love. You are the daughter I love. Now listen, God is the king of heaven. And if God is the king, what does that make every guy who chooses to live in his family? What does it make us? A prince. What does it make every lady, every gal who chooses to live in that family? A princess. Somehow we have this picture in our mind that, that, that somehow that would make us spoiled rich kids. Well, that's not what God would have you do. Can you imagine with me a prince and a princess who had been born into the family of a king and they live in the royal household, but they love to go out into the world with everyone else and they love to share the blessings of the kingdom with all of the people that they consider their peers, even though they aren't princes and princesses. They make movies about that, don't they? And we all sit and cry and think, oh man, wouldn't it be great if the world was like that? It can be. Your world could be like that. Where you could take in the riches of God's blessing. And then you could go out into the world where people are starved for blessing and you could be the blessing. So the first thing we have to do is hear God's blessing over me. And for some of us, we struggle because that doesn't match the God we heard about. That doesn't match the God we were taught about. We thought God was more like a knuckle-busting, ruler-handling God, right? Right? who would wrap us on the knuckles or sit back and wait for us to earn his blessing. If that's your case, God invites you this morning to trade in that image for the real one. Because the real God doesn't do that stuff. He doesn't have a ruler. He doesn't smack knuckles. The real God is your heavenly father who's in your corner and he's speaking his blessing over you. But some of you, that's not your struggle. You have no trouble believing that God would speak his blessing over you. The problem is you don't sit still long enough to hear it. You got too much stuff and too many deadlines and you pack every day to the max with everything you can put in it And then the pastor has the audacity to stand up there and challenge you to put something else in it like quiet time with God. And instead of an opportunity to hear God's voice, all you hear is guilt. 
or worse yet, all you hear is shame. I want to talk about that. Because it's not enough just for you to hear God's blessing over you. Step number two is you have to reaffirm the blessing over yourself. This is that self-talk stuff that I was that I was referring to earlier. You actually need to reframe how your mind thinks and where your mind goes by actually consciously saying over yourself what God has already said over you. Am I speaking where you can understand? Yes. You have to say to yourself, I am God's son. I am God's daughter. God is well pleased with me. You see, until we reaffirm it, it sort of never sinks in. It's sort of like water on a duck's back. We get it, it falls off. We get it, it falls off. It's not until we reaffirm it over ourselves and we get it way down to where it becomes part of the self-talk that we have. One of the best ways to do that is this. Sit 15 minutes with God every day and just talk to him about this. Read the passage. Say it over yourself. And if you're having trouble believing it, talk to him about that and say, God, would you say it again? Would you say it again? Because you know that bucket that spills over on everybody else? It has to continually refill or eventually has nothing to pour, right? That's what makes it work. You got to hear it over and over and over again. We have to speak to ourselves and about ourselves with a loving and compassionate inner voice about ourselves. You see, the difference between guilt and shame, guilt says, I've done something wrong. Shame says, there's something wrong with me. Big difference. If I've done something wrong, I can make it right. If there's something wrong with me, that means I'm just going to keep doing wrong things and there's nothing I can do about it. That inner voice It's either going to lead you down the path of guilt, which is something very correctable, or down the path of shame, which will actually begin to erode your life and put holes in your bucket. Got it? Yeah. That's a topic for another Sunday. Step number three is this. I got to let the blessing spill over on others. You know what? When I learn to write a charitable narrative about myself, it's so naturally easy for me to write a charitable narrative about the other people in my world. But when I'm writing negative narratives about myself, I will naturally write negative narratives about everybody else. My apologies to any of you who have ever said this, okay? But I want to speak straight to you. If you have ever found yourself saying, I'm my own worst enemy, I'm my own biggest critic. I'm harder on myself than I am on anybody else. Okay? I'm talking to you. Because the truth is, however you judge yourself is exactly how you are judging the people in your world. 
That's just how that works. So if you want to be less critical toward other people, then start by rewriting the narrative you have about yourself. And then it'll just flow out in your life. It's beautiful and wonderful. So let's review. First of all, the source. Today we're focusing on one source that we could hear God say, you are my son, you are my daughter whom I love. I am well pleased with you. My prayer is you'll let that just settle over you today so that eventually it becomes second nature and part of your own narrative you say about yourself. Secondly, we got to fix the leaks. Those that, that's our self-talk. We got to fix the leaks so that our bucket can actually fill up and tip and reach the tipping point. And then last of all, we got to live the blessing so we can give the blessing. Any Cold Stone fans out there? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's way too close to lunch to say that, all right? <laughs> Eat your good food first, and then you can go to Cold Stone, all right? But here, here's a little Cold Stone test. They have three different sizes of those cups. What's the smallest cup? Like it. Like it. Yeah, there you go. Now you're afraid to answer, right? <laughs> like it. What's the next? What's the middle size cup? Love, Love it. it. What's the big one? Gotta have. Gotta have it. All right, let's talk about that for a minute, because that's how we're going to close, all right? The first thing is this. Some of you are in a place where you say, I love this. And I apologize for these being out of order. I don't think Angela meant Colstone, but I did. All right, here we go. Um, and the I love it group of us this morning, okay, are people that, wow, this is brand new to you. You've actually never heard this before. The fact that, that there's a God who chooses to be your father and invites you to be his son or daughter. And that you could actually live in the fullness and the wellness and the wholeness of the context of that blessing and that you could thrive in this life because you have that sense of identity, that sense of love, and that sense of approval that is the foundation for all of your life. And you're going, yeah, I'd like some of that. That'd be awesome. On the inside of your program, I want you to take out your Connect card. There's a place on the back of it that says, today I'm becoming a first-time Christian. That, that would be a good box for you to check and say, hey, I want in on this. I want in on this deal. And if you check that box, then please stop by the info table on your way out. There's a packet called A New Believer's Quick Start Guide. And it will be a wonderful thing for you to work your way through this week. It will get you started right as you walk down that path. And you're going to take a wonderful walk through the life of Jesus in seven days. And you're going to get to know him better. And, and the way that Jesus looked at his dad, who was the Father God, is the way that you will end up looking at him as well. The second group of people are what we call the I like this group, okay? And this is likely where most of us sit, and that is, you know what? I have a good basic faith, and, 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 but sometimes my bucket leaks, and sometimes I give space to that polluted source, and it sort of pollutes all the goodness that God wants to put in my life. 
And you know what? I, I just need to have my bucket refreshed. I need to reaffirm God's blessing over me this week. And I need to spend those 15 minutes every day just reaffirming and rehearing and reaffirming God's blessing over me so I can live in the fullness of that blessing. For you, make a commitment 15 minutes a day. Do it at the beginning of your day, not at the end of your day. I don't even care if you're a night person. Do it at the beginning of your day. You know why I say do it at the beginning of your day? Because if you don't do it at the beginning of your day, by the end of your day, all you're going to do is confess all the ways that you did it wrong. Start when the day is fresh. And then live in the fullness of that blessing all day long. And then last of all, it's the I need this. I got to have it. Some of us are in a place. Have you ever reached a place in your life when you just said, I am so sick and tired of being me? Anybody ever been there? Some of you are there right now. I'm tired of the fact that the scenery of my life never changes. I'm sick of this scenery. I've seen the same thing play out week after week after week. I am so ready for a breakthrough. I said at the beginning, God doesn't care why you came. He won't judge you for that. He has everything you need this week for a breakthrough. If you need a breakthrough, okay, on the bottom of your card, it says, ready for a breakthrough. If you check that, we're going to send you uh, some recommended resources that you can get that will help you experience a breakthrough this week, okay? Make sure you put your name and your contact information on the front. We can't, you know, we still only have five senses and one of them is not mind reading, all right? So make sure you put your name and contact information on the front. Um, so I want to pray over us and then I'm going to turn it back over to Diva. God, thank you so, so, so much that you love us in the midst of our mess, that you invite us to be your sons and daughters, that you speak your blessing over us, even sometimes when we reject it and our self-talk denies it all. Thank you that you speak it over us again and again. Would you give us grace this week to take in, to breathe in, to open our hearts to be those buckets that could receive your blessing so that out of the fullness of that blessing, we could just reach the tipping point and splash on everyone around us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.